0: <laughs> Welcome back To another edition of Tales from Creepy Pasta Land I am your host, of course Tarkin And today we have a very special story Today It's called Anansi's Goatman Story Now Bear with me for the first part of this episode, because the format that this is written in is quite unique, and for anybody that knows 4chan at all will understand the quote-unquote green texting that first starts off this story. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this creepy tale. Anansi's Goatman Story by Gatsby's Ghost Here's my story. Be 16. Be black and have family down in Alabama. They farm and own a huge amount of land down in Huntsville. Uncle owns a big house and a bunch of trailers they put out in the woods for hunting or camping. Down south, cousins suggest that we go out there to camp. No, I'm a city kid from Chicago, so they tease the fuck out of me collect food, kill a pig and some chickens, and bring necessities to camp out for a few days. We get to the camp and it's obvious something is weird. Air has this weird electric smell like right before a storm, like ozone. We think nothing of it and unpack and go down to a little creek to swim for a few hours. All of a sudden some older white guy and a white teenager come out of the bushes. He has a shotgun in the crook of his arm and says hello, and asks us what we're doing this far back in the woods. Tell him about my uncle, who he knows, and say we're camping out. He tells us we need to be real careful out here, and stick together. There was a big animal in the woods. His son, who is my age, asks if he can stay and hang out with us. He says okay. I'm going to stop Green texting, because the story is fairly long and the format is harder to write in. So we end up playing football, dicking around with me. There's the white kid, Tanner, five of my cousins, and then four of his friends. In total, there were five girls and six boys. We were all around 15 to 17. We ended up just dicking the day away. So we head back to the camp and pulling out some stuff for a campfire, even though the trailers both had kitchenettes. Tanner says that his family's property sits up against my uncle's. He wants to run back home and ask his dad if he could come out camping with us. My cousin, Rooster, says he's going to go with him since it's going to get dark soon. One of the girls also wants to tag along. It's about 7 o'clock and it's starting to get pretty dark. They take flashlights and take the trail toward Tan's property. The rest of us chill. We make s'mores, drink, and kiss on the girls. About 30 or 40 minutes later, there's the smell of ozone again. You could smell it over the smell of the fire we had started. This real nasty, coppery smell, like right after you've had a nosebleed and it stopped. It wasn't exactly like dried blood, but it was that nasty, metallic, back-of-your-throat smell. We immediately... Think that it's some co- sort of uh, electrical malfunction or someone left a hot plate on or some shit. We search the trailers and nothing is on and we can all smell it. All of a sudden we can hear people booking down the path toward us and Rooster, Tan and the girl all come running into the clearing out of breath and they don't even break stride they're all running into the trailer right by where the fire is. We all get the fuck out of there and into the trailers. They end up calming down. Even Rooster is crying his fucking eyes out at this point. All the while, the fire is guttering lower and lower, and some of my other cousins say, fuck it, and are about to go outside to get the generator out of the shed between the trailers. Tanner goes, fuck no, lock the door. Ain't nobody else going outside. He's been crying too, and his eyes are bloodshot and puffy, and his pants are dirty as shit. He goes on to tell us that they went up to his house. His father said sure he could go out camping, but to make sure that they were careful on the way back and that maybe they should take one of the hunting rifles just in case. Evidently, Tanner had seen something in their yard a few days before. One of their pigs had come up ripped up and half-eaten. They assumed it was just some big cats or coyotes, even though they usually don't fuck with live animals. He had gone upstairs and packed his stuff and told his dad they would be okay without the rifle because coyotes avoid people, so they started walking back toward where we were camping. So rooster finally stops crying and shaking, and the girl already had, but she was just staring out the window with a dumb look on her face. He says they had gotten halfway into the woods toward the camp when they started to hear shit in the forest was almost pitch black by this time so they weren't sure at first what the fuck it was the girl says that she heard something in the bushes right off the trail and they had all beamed their flashlights over there and there was someone standing back in the woods in a little hollow rooster said they shouted at him and told him that he was scaring the fuck out of them and what a what a dick he was he says that's when he realized that the guy was facing away from them So they kept walking, and they start smelling the nasty, coppery, ozone smell. They say that they look off into the forest on the opposite side, and it's a dude standing in the forest, backwards, slightly closer to the path. So now they start power walking, and Tan keeps going, I should have taken the fucking rifle. As they're telling the story, the smell is still super strong even inside the cabin. They say that after that they started walking faster, a kind of low gibbering had started coming from both sides of the wood. And as they started booking it back to the trailer, the girl said she had flashed her flashlight out into the woods to the side of them and had seen something jerking itself through the woods. The gibbering just got louder and louder. And when they could see the light from our campfire, something had come out of the woods about 40 yards behind them onto the track. And they had just flat out run as hard as they could to get to the trailer. So we're out in the fucking woods and we're assuming at this point it's some rednecks or some shit trying to fuck with us. All of a sudden, my other cousin, Junior, starts going on about he went to school with a native kid that was telling him about the goat man or some shit we promptly tell him to shut the fuck up because we don't need any spooky talk right now. But he just keeps going on and on and how it's about the fucking goat man and how we're in his woods and blah, blah, blah. Now, at the time, I had never heard of this goat man or any of that, but then a couple years ago, the year before I graduated from college, I had a menom for a roommate and I ended up asking him about it. And to sum it up, it's basically a fucking man with the head of a goat and he can shapeshift and he gets among groups of people to terrorize them. It's also supposed to be kind of like the Wendigo. And it's bad mojo to even talk about it and even worse if you see it. Keep in mind, I didn't know this back when I was 16. So my cousin is going, the goat man's going to get in them. fucking get us the girls are all terrified and my cousins are all fucking trying to figure out if it's just some hillbillies or if it's some animal. So all of a sudden, the smell just goes away. Like, to this day, I haven't even experienced anything like it. Like, usually smells fade away or less, and it just literally was there for one second and then not the next second. So it's after an hour, making it around nine or ten... We stop shitting bricks enough to go back outside and stroke the fire again. We figure it was just some assholes trying to fuck with us. So we don't go back home, because we think if we do, they'll chase us through the woods with some crazy shit. Nothing else weird happens that night, and we stay another night, and for the main part of the night, nothing happens. At about one in the morning, we're outside getting drunk and telling ghost stories. As someone is finishing some too spooky story. I don't remember what about the, the smell comes back. It's so fucking strong that one of the girls literally starts vomiting. I stand up and you can actually feel how clammy the air is. We say we should get inside, and this isn't right. We should have just fucking left. We all go back out and inside, and we're standing around. My cousin just keeps going on about it, how it's the goat man, and my cousin Rooster tries to shut the tries to shut him the fuck up and all the while I'm just feeling that something something is wrong and I can figure out what I can't figure out what the fuck it is we end up sitting in there for a while the smell is just as strong and we're terrified and all huddled in this camper we end up cooking brats for everybody because nobody wants to go outside it's one of those packs with four brats we have a total of three packs. I grow them up on the stove and give everybody a hot dog. I get mine. After a while, one of my cousins gets up and goes over to the pot to get another one. He starts grumbling about, about how I got two brats and everybody else only got one and I, I look at him like he's fucking stupid. I'm telling him that everybody got one because there was only twelve brats. If we want some more, he should open up a, a new pack and cook some more. That's when the girl that had been out with Rooster and Tan just starts screaming, Oh, Jesus! Oh, Lord! Get it out! She's crying and shivering, and then it dawns on the cousin standing up. What the fuck is wrong? Me and him both glance around the room, and then I feel my heart fucking sink. I run the fuck out of the cabin, and the girl runs out with us. The trailer door is banging against the side of the trailer as everybody books out of the cabin. One of my cousin's friends asked us, what the fuck is wrong? I start counting us, there's only 11 now. I shit you not, my cousin verified. There had been 12 people in the cabin, but being that everybody didn't really know each other well, nobody had really noticed the whole fucking time that there was an extra person. And then I realized earlier that I kind of noticed something was off. You know how when you're just dicking around and having a good time that you don't sweat the smallest shit and you don't always keep track of certain stuff. I'm dead sure that someone else had been in the trailer with us and that they had been there for at least a fucking day, eating with us. What makes it worse is I, I could figure out which one because I don't think anyone ever actually interacted with the other person, the goat man. The girl kept praying to Jesus and we're all sitting outside. Eventually we get a big ass sticks. And go back in the cabin, but there's, there's nobody in there. We count again, and there's 11 people. We go back into the trailer and lock the door. We explain what the fuck happened. And the girl says that she realized, too, that when he was about to say something, the door person sitting next to her had grabbed her leg hard and leaned over toward her and said something she couldn't understand. So we are pretty much scared as fuck, and we huddled together, and I fall asleep. When I wake up, the sun is just coming up and half the people are asleep and the other half are packing our shit up. We all want to walk back home, but like four people want to stay until the sun is all the way up. And some people think that we're just fucking around and still want to stay at the trailers. I just want to get the fuck out of the woods. The girl's name was Kira, the one that the goat man had touched. Anyway, I asked her if she really thinks it was something bad. And She says she just doesn't want to go home and she doesn't want to be out in the woods alone for another night. So we decide to split up. The four that want to go, can go. But I have to stay because I have the keys to the cabin and it's my uncles and I have to lock up. I'm super pissed at this point because I feel like people aren't taking this shit seriously. And I definitely didn't want to be out in the woods for another night. I spend the rest of the day trying to convince the rest of the people, now four girls and four guys, to get the fuck out of Dodge. Tanner leaves with him to go get a rifle and says he's going to be back, so there are just seven of us left by 4pm. At around 5pm he hasn't made it back yet and we're getting really fucking antsy. And the only reason I stopped begging them to go back was because he went to get, he went to get a gun. It's about 5.30pm or so when the one cousin that did stay says that the girl Kira is outside. We all look outside and sure enough she's standing by the fire pit with her back to the cabin. I'm thinking to myself if she was so fucking scared why the hell would she come back? And then I get this nasty feeling in my gut. Keep in mind the whole time the coppery smell has been gone. Now I realize I can smell just a twinge of it. I say this to the rest of them and everybody, and these are the people that wanted to stay in the fucking woods after we heard the goddamn goat man was in our midst. He's laughing at me and asking if I set this up to scare them. I'm looking at them like I'm not fucking bullshitting with you all right now. I ask them why the fuck would I play like that. So one of the girls goes outside to get Kira. She so gets halfway to her and stops cold. Kira starts heaving. I don't know how the fuck to describe it. Sort of like if someone with their back turned was laughing without actually making a sound. It was this fact that made me realize there was not a fucking sound in the whole woods. It was dead silent. This was like late in September, so it was still fairly hot at the time, but it was super chilly some days too, and you can usually hear big-ass geese honking or some kind of birds or squirrels chit-chatting. So I step out the door and tell her to come back in the fucking trailer right goddamn now. She picks up into the tr- she backs up into the trailer and we lock the fucking door. We pulled down all the shades except one and we put a guy in there in there in the chair to watch her. She stands there for another twenty minutes or so. The guy turns to say that she's still there. And there's a huge fucking bang at the door. We all jump the fuck up and scramble around the living room of the trailer. The banging is super fucking loud. So now my cousin is holding one of the girls and the other two are kinda giggling with Nervous laughter, and me and the other two guys are shitting bricks. Then we hear Tan. He's screaming, Let me the fuck in! Stop fucking playing! So we go over to the door and open it, and he stumbles in with a rifle. There's nobody else outside. Evidently, he had walked up to the campsite. Nothing weird happened in the forest, but he had seen a girl. Mind you, he said it was not Kira standing there. He hadn't gotten to the edge of the clearing. She had turned toward him with a slack-jawed look and just stared him down slowly tracking him as he was walking around the outside of the clearing towards the camp. He says it wasn't until he was almost halfway to the trail he had realized that she was getting closer to him. She had started off by the fire without him even seeing her move. She had been turning inching closer. He said he just ran the rest of the way back to the cabin thinking it would open and when he got to the door and it was locked he turned and went about half the distance to the door. He looks around the room and then gets super pale. He pulls me to the side and whispers in my ear, You know there are only seven of us in here, right? I get that feeling where your stomach drops to your nuts. It had been back inside the trailer while we were sorting out who was going where. And then when we all went outside to talk earlier in the day, it had just slipped right back in. We looked out the window and there was nobody out there. So we recount everyone and then basically I go over and ask everyone how many people were here earlier and everybody says eight. I say, well how many are here now? They all do the count and then realize there are only now seven people in the cabin. So Tan had brought back a couple boxes of ammo in his rifle and he told his dad there was some kind of ammo in the forest because he didn't think his dad would believe him if he said it was the goat man. He says that his cousin is supposed to be coming back down in a few hours and then in the morning we can all go back to his place and his cousin will drive us home. Now I'm really fucking terrified, but at least I feel better because we can be American and shoot the fuck out of whatever it is if it comes back. But then my cousin gets into this huge argument with one of the girls because she thinks I'm trying to be funny and prank them. And that she's getting really scared and that I'm not funny he keeps telling her i'm not this kind of person and she says well how do we know the girl wasn't just tanner in a wig or if it really was the goat man how do we know that this is the real tanner and that the goat man just didn't kill tanner in the woods and take his gun So we fucking get into a huge argument about this where me and Tanner like we could seriously be in danger because at the very least someone has been sneaking themselves into our fucking trailer without us knowing and mingling with us and at worst something bad is in the forest fucking with us. One of the girls is crying and saying she wants to go home right now and we're trying to tell her we shouldn't because none of us are walking through the woods in the middle of the night. At this point, the sun is starting to go down and it it's getting a little cloudy out. We eat something and turn on the radio for a while, but we can't really get a station out there with anything decent, so we turn it off at about the time that Tan's cousin shows up. He was like nineteen, I think. At this point, the sun is just barely over the horizon and he has one of those heavy duty lantern flashlights and another rifle. He walks up to the trailer and we whisper to Tan asking if he's sure that his cousin's Sure, that's his cousin, and he says yes. The guy looks behind him, and all around the camp, and then walks in. He kind of glances at all of us and looks a little confused. He says, Where's your other little buddy at? I figured she would meet me up at the cabin. Is she a little slow or something? He also asks whether we had been cooking blood in the cabin because it smelled like blood and hot pans all the way up the trail. We all like, Fucking Nope but we asked him what the fuck he's talking about with the girl he saw. He had come down the same trail Tan had been using and he had come up on one of Use guy's buddies standing in the middle of the trail looking at him slack-jawed. He had asked her a bunch of questions, but all she did was just look at him. Then she smiled at him and said he kept walking. She couldn't seem to keep up with him and he kept lagging a little behind him. He said if he asked her if she was hurt or something and if she needed any help but she had continued to stare. eventually he had been walking and turned around a bend in the trail but when he turned around and went back to see if she was okay the trail was empty he'd assumed she had taken some shortcut through the woods to our trailer we tell him the whole story of what's been going on I half expected him to say we were full of shit but he just listened and then sat down on the couches in the living room Tanner's cousin gets back to the girl, he says. When she had kept trying to lag behind him, it was kind of weirded him the fuck out. So he tried to keep her in front of him. But no matter how slow he walked, she was always lagging a little behind. And then he smelled this nasty smell and it got stronger as he got to camp. Eventually it got really strong. She had something really low that he didn't catch and when he had turned around, she had been right the fuck up on him and he stepped back from her. It was at this point he asked her if she was okay, and if she wasn't, him to carry her back the rest of the way, and she just kept staring. He said he reached out for her as if to grab her on the shoulder, but he must have misjudged the distance, because she was off to the side of where he had put his hand like she had moved while he was looking dead at her. So at this point, we know this shit's real, unless Tan is playing a joke. Which we can tell he's not because he's almost pissing his pants. So they load up their rifles, we eat some more, and we just kind of sit around until 11. To this fucking day, every time I think about this, I really pray to God that it's some huge prank that my cousins played on me and just never revealed so I would shit for the rest of the life, my life. At around 11, the stink of copper turns into an actual nasty Gross, blood like smell, like cooking blood and singed hair. Tan and his cousin Reese get the fuck up instantly and grab the rifles. There's like a half knocking, half clawing at the door, and I shit you not, there's this voice, and it sounds like when you see those YouTube cats and dogs whose owners teach them how to talk, and it says in this halting, weirdly toned voice, Let me in the fucking stop fucking playing made my fucking nuts creep up against my body and one of the girls just starts crying and calling on Jesus. It was so fucking obviously not a person talking. It didn't have the right cadence. That's some shit that I never realized until that moment. But all people have a certain cadence when they talk. No matter what language, all people have a certain kind of rhythm to talking. This shit didn't have any kind of cadence or rhythm. One of those YouTube cats that's what the fuck it sounded like outside the door. So now I'm in full terror mode. We keep yelling outside, Who is it? Stop fucking around, man. It just keeps saying, Ben or Lung Little fucking." for almost 15 minutes. Uh, it sounded like this almost, just not funny. Sorry for being on a tangent, but if you can't imagine how this shit sounded, then you can't imagine how fucked up the whole situation was. So then the smell goes away for a while. For the next hour or so, you can hear someone basically creeping around in the woods and shit. Every couple of minutes it will come back into the door and say something. Finally the smell fades away. It's around two in the morning right now. Reese says, Man fuck this. Opens the door and walks outside with his rifle, he fires a shot into the air and says something to the effect of In the name of Jesus Christ go away. He fires two more shots, and then from the woods right up against the river across from the trailer, it sounds like something is slowly gibbering and hooting. Then it starts screaming. And it sounds almost like a woman and a cat in a bag screaming together. Like I seriously have never heard any shit like that. And you can hear the brush over that way start to shake. Reese fires into the tree line and starts back into the house. We lock the door and we can hear this shit keening and screaming. Reese says something had come out of the bushes. Super low to the ground and crawling toward the cabin. He had shot at it. Pretty much that was how the rest of the night went. It was literally screaming constantly for the next two hours and we could hear shit moving out into the tree line, but it never came back up to the cabin until everyone had finally fallen asleep. Tan had been sitting in the chair watching the door with his rifle. Nobody else heard or saw this and he told me two days later after the whole thing was over. He said he had been nodding off after the screaming and noises finally stopped and he had been almost asleep when he saw someone come out of the bathroom and then lay down in the middle of the floor and go to sleep. He had just assumed it was one of us and he had nodded off. Then he said he kind of realized something was wrong and while pretending to be sleeping he counted us. There were nine people in the cabin. He basically didn't want to try to shoot at the fucking thing in the cabin and have it kill us all right then and there. Or have Reese wake up and start shooting and then we kill ourselves so we just stayed awake all night pretending to be asleep. He said sometimes it would just stand up and kind of do this weird jittery thing or heave like it was laughing but then it would lie back down. The story closes pretty weak but because of my perspective nothing happened. We woke up and I noticed that Dan was a little jittery and that he was avoiding looking at all of us but we ate some breakfast packed up and started walking to his house. He stayed last in the cabin and said he'd lock up and bring me and my uncle's keys to just start walking and catch up, which I didn't really want to fucking do. We got a little bit up the path and when he came back, he came running up, basically we just jogged back to his house. His cousin took us home. There was a window in the bathroom, Tan had gone back to lock up and looked in there. We were too stupid to lock a screenless window. The window was fucking up when he went in there. I'm guessing it had been doing that all along, waiting for us to fall asleep or slip up and then getting in among us. It walked with us all the goddamn way back to his house, and then he said it lagged to the back of the group and looked him dead in the eyes before walking into the woods. The End was a fun little story wasn't it well I certainly hope that you guys have enjoyed this story because I certainly have a tale on which you shouldn't ever go into the woods without knowing what's in there thanks for listening if you like this and you're on iTunes give this podcast a 5 star rating and if you're on Podbean or any other app, give it a like, share it with your friends, and have a spooky, scary day. <laughs>